Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm an editor at Light Reading. I'm Robin Olds. I'm a Cisco Business Development Manager for Rural Broadband Program. And I'm uh, Zias Caraval from ZK Research. I'm an analyst and I've been covering networking technologies for, I don't know, forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for joining me today. We're actually on site at the Cisco Rural Broadband Innovation Center. Did I get it all right? You got it perfect. Oh, perfect. Excellent. Uh, and it's in, uh, would you constitute this as RTP? Right? This is RTP or uh, more spilling? Yeah, Research Triangle Park, um, which, you know, us North Carolinians are pretty proud of. I believe it's the largest um, research park, and it's at the center of uh, three major universities. So we have um, Duke, NC State, and the best one of all is UNC Chapel Hill. <laughs> We can debate that later. <laughs> um, but tell us a little bit, Robin, about um, how this center was started. And I believe it's also part of um, Cisco's Country Digital Acceleration Program. That's correct. Um, so we started it pre-pandemic. Uh, so we were looking at some of the broadband build-out that the federal government was building out. And we needed a way to bring our customers together and educate them about our solutions that and state of art solutions that we have to offer. Uh, so we looked at Raleigh as a location to put our innovation center, specifically the site you're sitting at, and really build out hardware and, and solutions that, that we could tweak or show customers how their networks might work across with our solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, you mentioned uh, prior to us <laughs> recording this that um, there was a little bit of a pivot with COVID. Can you talk right. about how you're still um, managing to meet with customers here and uh, kind of walk them through some of the, um, the use cases that they can test out in the lab, even though perhaps some of them have to be virtual? Yeah, we, we uh, interestingly enough, obviously I mentioned we started this pre-pandemic we went into the pandemic having planned to open this and have customers come in on site, but we had to pivot and make it virtual. Uh, and so we've uh, already had a customer go through it, uh, and we have a number of customers lined up. Um, but we're looking, you know, to uh, it, the challenge really was just making sure that everything worked virtually, and, and it did um, with our customer. So. And so as you and I were fortunate enough to get a tour um, and see uh, kind of how the sausage is made, uh, so to speak, <laughs> what stood out to you um, on the tour or about the Innovation Center itself? Well, I, I, I think the, complete, the completeness of solution, I, I've actually looked at a lot of the demo platforms and I've got a lot of respect for dCloud. So the fact that you guys stood it up on the Cisco dCloud platforms mean you could almost turn up any kind of configuration here. So, you know, when it comes to building out networks, Cisco deals with uh, service providers, small ones, large ones, mid-sized ones, mm -hmm. right, all the way tier one through tier four, and they're all going to have different types of networks. You get different types of access networks, and so to be able to build out a demo that would a demo capa demo capabilities that would fit any kind of service provider, any kind of access methodology, I think I think was pretty impressive. And mm -hmm. so when it comes to you know rural broadband, there's no one access method, right? right. So That's right. and they're all really highlighted in a pretty compact space. And Robin, can you talk a little bit about, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Zeus, about the, um, how do you approach a rural uh, 
broadband provider, a smaller service provider. What does that look like versus working with, say, a tier one in the innovation center? Yeah, they're, they're, you know, it's interesting. They're both uniquely the same in a lot of ways. One may be very large, having 30 million subscribers that they're providing internet access to, to a very small tier four that has, you know, three to 7,000 subscribers, uh, residential subscribers. Um, but they look the same uh, in a lot of ways. And so, you know, our goal here was to really educate whether you're a tier one or a tier four uh, search provider and have the same solutions that a tier one could have can also be had by the tier four and be implemented. Um, and what we tried to do is use our flexible consumption model to scale down the software costs mm -hmm. for them. So it's the same hardware, uh, same solution that would be going in, same software. It's just been scaled back somewhat. Um, so, at, you know, from a tier one, tier four provider, from a smaller provider, uh, it gives them a great experience, right? They get to spend time with us and understand some of the solutions that they maybe not have, they hadn't thought of uh, and looked at before. Mm -hmm. I actually think that capability itself is pretty important because I think in this country, um, the people that live in rural areas have never really had a quality of broadband, even from a speeds or cost perspective, but the fact that you can actually deliver the same solution regardless of carrier type and you know, the cost scales up and down actually can help bring a quality, right? And so I know part of Cisco's mission is, is inclusivity and that, to me, this is a big part of being inclusive. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And providing more options. I know you're talking about, yeah. you know, satellite is, is one for, um, you know, folks in rural areas, but oftentimes it's not as, might not be as reliable, um, you know, that might be cost prohibitive. So it's the um, option of last resort. Right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to insult any of the satellite. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's certainly, uh, you know, a great, um, it, it is an option. <laughs> yeah. I'll say, but, uh, so, Robin, can you also um, just, uh, I guess, high level uh, talks more about why it was important for Cisco specifically to assist in, in building out um, the access to rural, to broadband for these rural areas? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, Cisco really wants to power an inclusive future for all. Uh, we made a $20 million investment in this and wanted to make sure that our um, service provider customers could see this. And, you know, by service provider... That could be a municipality, that could be an electrical co-op, that could be a telco, a traditional telco, traditional uh, MSO, or even a wireless company. Um, again, it's open access. Even to that point, we have satellite companies that come and see the same technology because they do have to build a, a backbone out to support their satellites. Um, so all, it's really open access for us um, and, and really just making sure that they can, you know, get, from our side, just making sure that we're you know, powering this inclusive future for all. Mm -hmm. Great. And so, as I mentioned, we were able to um, step back into the lab. Uh, for our listeners, can you give them an idea of um, what's back there, what kind of technologies um, sure. in terms of uh, what Cisco's providing and also, um, you know, if you're any partnerships that um, you're working on where you have access to those other technologies as well. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the things that we're looking at is, you know, being able to show 100 gig access rings, um, show a customer how traditionally they may have had an optical backbone and an IP backbone and how they can now converge it into one platform. Um, we've also looked at, you know, security solutions like our Umbrella Easy Protect for clean pipes type yeah. solution. I think you mentioned um, DNS as well. Yeah, DNS, which is, uh, you know, basically uh, a security for those the service providers provide to their consumers. 
Um, and then we're looking at, you know, our Acacia um, acquisition in 400 gig, 100 gig, um, as well as um, some other solutions that we have, like in the NCS 4200 for TDM to IP. Uh, so we have a number of solutions, basically state-of-the-art solutions that any you know service provider would want. They're now is in this lab and available to them to see. And we have hands-on demos that we wanted to create uh, and really demonstrate the capabilities, specifically around automation, right? And being able to create infrastructure as code uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, in terms of connectivity, I believe you also have um, 4G connected uh, to the system back there as well? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, you mentioned the third party. So I can't mention the third party relationships, but we do have uh, 4G uh, from a, you know, uh, a wireless perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have, um, you know, fixed wireless access, you know, demonstrations uh, for private 5G. And then also we're looking at, you know, upon... Um, passive optical networking as well. Great. Uh, and any other thoughts on uh, perhaps short-term and long-term goals uh, for the Innovation Center? Um, anything you're looking forward to? And I, I guess, um, you know, for one thing, being able to have more customers come in <laughs> well, <laughs> live instead of virtual. That's right. You know, and I think, that, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, we're looking at potentially having 38 customers a month coming through the center. That is my ultimate goal. Um, really just showing them the solutions. You know, there's, there is a ton of service providers across the U.S. Um, and there's more and more growing. Every time we see a, a new bid come out from the U.S. government, I see new service provider names pop up, you know, providing a new solution, you know, whether it's fixed wireless access. We want those customers to reach out and come to this innovation center. Um, and they can do that on, on our website and sign up. Uh, and I will see the request and make sure we get them in here. Um, but, you know, our goal is to really just make sure we're educating our customers and really showing them the technology that Cisco has to offer and that we're helping power this inclusive future for all, you know, mm -hmm. part of this rural broadband. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Zeus, maybe you can close this out. Any other final thoughts that you had on um, what you've seen today or, or what you're looking forward to hearing more about from the center? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd just like to hear about more adoption. I, mm -hmm. I think... The work Cisco is doing here and the whole concept of, uh, you know, more rural broadband is extremely important. It, it does look like we're moving into a world where we're going to be working from home, educating from home for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, um, you know, lack of good quality broadband is holding back much of this country. And you think when you look at statistically, you know, the U.S. is now middle of the pack globally as far as STEM goes and things like that, right? So we have to find a way to educate are you know, the youth of this country and we've mm -hmm. done a frankly we've done a pretty poor job of it and so i i'm actually kind of excited about the the influx of video and things that it, into education because it can create new way new immersive ways of learning collaborative ways of learning uh but to do that we the network really needs to be there and it's, it just isn't there in a lot of these a lot of the, uh a, really a big part of the country Right. I guess the only downside is now when we're on vacation, we can't say, well, we can't access right now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you both uh, for joining me on the podcast and really appreciate the opportunity to be here and, and tour in person. Yeah. Thank you.